A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Welcome back to Central Bodybuilding. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, and I am here, as always, with Matt White. What's going on, Matt? Not much, Jeff. I'm I'm trying to uh, not cough and hack. I, my wife came home from, uh, I guess, last week of open house. She's an elementary school teacher, and she must have got something from one of the kids already. So, jokingly, she came back, and she was like, yeah... Um, and this was, you know, not that night, obviously, but you know, she went in for open house on like Wednesday or something. And then by Friday, she's like, man, I'm, I'm feeling a little off. I'm like, don't even joke about that. Like school hasn't even officially started yet. Well, come Wednesday I wake up and I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I don't feel right. So sure enough, you know, we're, you know, Tuesday as we're recording this today. And, uh, of course I'm hacking and coughing. And so if it sounds like, uh, through the mic that I have a, a marble in my mouth. It's it's a mint to help me from uh, choking. Well, but, we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thanks. But um, it looked like you, we, we've been kind of discussing the show all day on and off, and you sent me a picture. You were writing from uh, in front of some beautiful scenery out at the lake. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I, I love being around the water, and, and the house that we built is maybe like three minutes away from Blue Marsh Lake here in Pennsylvania. And and I've just been bombarded lately, and, and I know we kind of talked offline about this. Uh, Friday, I was actually featured in our local newspaper for my Wike Fitness business that I started. And then later that day, I was on the local news about the business. So, you know, all of this took place, and I got letters from our state representatives saying congratulations on the success and all of this stuff. And literally, like, my website and my email have just been blowing up nonstop from, you know, people local to where I live, obviously, since it's local news, local newspaper. And, and I just needed to kind of get away. And it wasn't like a, a, a bad thing. It was just a – I wanted to just go somewhere that I can relax, get some work done, write a few articles and, you know, answer some emails and stuff like that where it's it, – being on the water or, or near the water – is, is kind of like meditating to me. So it's, uh, yeah. I just needed to get away for a little bit. So this afternoon I decided to uh, move my office outside and, and be next to the water. Yeah, it was a very nice picture. I didn't realize <laughs> I was cooped up inside. I didn't realize how nice it was out until I fucking looked at your photo. Oh, it was gorgeous today. And I considered going for a walk, but uh, I, I decided against it because I had uh, – work to do on my only day off this week i had to had to clean the old fish tank it was way overdue i need a new one the fish are outgrowing this one but how many fish do you have in there just two but it's a it's like a 20 
29 or something 27 it's what it's a it's a i can't really remember how big it is it's not 30 and it's not 20 it's somewhere in the middle but uh because i thought that was a weird number but i just have i just keep koi i think they're fucking cool well not just koi but i have uh one's a a, a hybrid like a koi angel goldfish hybrid and then one's like a full koi but uh, i think they're awesome how they all look completely different but and plus, yeah. they're easy to keep. Like I've had, I've had sharks, I've had puffer fish, I've had eels and shit. I've had it all, and they're so hard to. I had a tank once that was all catfish. I had like a channel cat. I had a Pegasus catfish. I had a uh, 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 what, what's it called? A pepper catfish. I think they're called upside. I had all kinds of catfish in the tank, but it's so hard to keep them. You know, they they die easily. The tropical fish are not hardy. A koi, you can basically just throw as long as it doesn't freeze, you can throw them into a, a fucking pond and they'll live. So, yeah, because people they're... have like the ponds outside their. I shouldn't say you know pond in the sense of a big pond, but you know one of those little like decorative landscaping type ponds. And what I guess when it freezes over, they just go out and you know drill or or cut a hole in it just so that it, I guess some oxygen gets through and, and they can feed the fish. Them. The fish stay. You don't really feed them during the winter though, because their metabolism like shuts down. I know they don't really give them much during the winter. They give them more during the summer. Or maybe it's vice versa. It almost seems like it'd be vice versa, right? In the cold, they have faster metabolism. But I don't really know. But I do know they're uh, pretty smart. They they uh, they know who's who and stuff. Like if you, if you were to go to someone's house who has a koi pond and they've had it a long time and you were to walk up to the edge of the koi pond... Uh, without them, like the, the the koi would probably not come near you because they can tell by your footsteps and everything and and what you look like that they that you are not you they don't know what you are you know what I mean they're they're smart enough to differentiate different people and I I've even heard that it's literally down to the way that you walk because everyone has like a certain pattern of how they walk yeah and the way their feet hit the ground and when you're fucking under the ground in the water you can imagine that if you're a fish. The pounding of our feet walking up to the pond would probably be pretty pronounced. Yeah, the vibrations and right. stuff, yeah. So they can tell by the vibrations who's who, and if you're the one that feeds them and the one that they know, and if they don't know, then uh, – and it's they're kind of hard to get them to, like, butter up to you. Like, it takes a lot. I've had these for probably – these ones I've had probably over a year and uh, definitely over a year, and I'm just now getting to the point where they'll let me, like, pet them and shit, you know, without oh, wow. f- without freaking out. One of them will. Uh, and he has to be in like the right mood. I don't even know if it's a he or she, to be honest with you. But it has to be in the right mood for for it to happen. But I've seen people with them outside, and they can pet them and pick them up and everything. And they're 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 uh, very 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 uh, like tame. Hmm. But yeah, I had to do that. I had to wash, and it's a fucking huge process too. And uh, what else did I do? I wrote I wrote an article. Um, I won't give anything away, but it's another good one. That'll be up in a couple days. And, yeah, that was pretty much my whole day off, writing an article and prepping for the show and cleaning the old fish tank and back to work tomorrow. And I got to edit the show. Nice. But, yeah, you said uh, you said you had a conversation with our good friend and fellow bodybuilding nerd, Scott McNally, about uh, one Cedric McMillan. Yeah, it's, it's funny because it, it, no one is talking about Cedric. And... You know, I asked a few people. I'm like, hey, you know, have you heard anything? I asked, um, you know, Sid and Dave Palumbo, and they were like, oh, man, like, uh, I don't know. So I asked a couple other sources in in the industry, and one of them actually reached out to, and it was Dan Solomon. He reached out to Robin Chang, and 
And he confirmed Cedric is competing. He signed his contract months ago. So for those of you who are Cedric fans and are kind of in the dark like we all were, he is going to be competing. He's just kind of flying below the radar, which I guess is good. Um, you know, it, it sucks for us. And, and actually, I just I wrote an article about this. Um, I'm not sure when it's going to get posted. I have a, a few others ahead of it. But, uh, you know, it, it's to me, it's a little frustrating when when bodybuilders kind of go rogue and, and you don't know what's going on with them. Are they competing? Are they not competing? Uh, what do they look like? I mean, it's not like any other sport where, you know, they're, you know, nobody cares about a practice before a basketball game. You know, they only care about the game where, you know, bodybuilding is a little bit different where we actually look at physiques and we want to see the transformation of, you know, how somebody goes from 300 plus pounds down to, you know, 260, 270 during their prep and, and come in totally shredded. It's, it's the process that, you know, we enjoy following. So when, when bodybuilders don't post on social media and, and they don't really give us any insight or, or anything to talk about or um, anything to get excited about, it, it just kind of leaves a hole in, in, you know, the contest prep, so to speak. But, you know, for those of you who were wondering, because we did bring it up last show, Cedric is competing. Um, Robin Chang did confirm. So uh, we can put that one to rest and, and look forward to him being on stage. Yeah, I mean, I think in regards to him not being uh, on social media and stuff, in, in, in a way, I respect him for that. But I, I tend to agree with you that it's kind of – it kind of sucks to be a, a a very like avid bodybuilding fan and not be able to see anything from Cedric McMillan whatsoever be, because he's kind of shelters himself from the industry and I totally understand why he does that. I'm sure you understand why he does that. Even I mean we aren't Cedric McMillan, but even like being a tiny tiny name there the, you see things that are like it kind of you shake your head at like are you serious like like people are fucking people are out there uh but um i think cedric is the other bad thing about it is i honestly think cedric's the best personality in bodybuilding if you were to ask me who's the best personality in bodybuilding i say cedric mcmillan from his just the way he treats people the way he acts the way he carries himself i mean like he's one of those guys who is not only is he very respectful and kind and not a douchebag, but he's a fucking grown man too. He he handles his business. He like, you know, you you he's not a pushover. He's like very nice and respectful, but he's not going to let somebody like I know he told he told uh Steve Blackman to f off when he uh cuz because Blackman Blackman, it's a it's a long story, but uh, Blackman probably deserved it. Blackman Blackman really screwed him over, and after Cedric, probably after the Arnold or something, after Cedric started doing good again, Blackman came crawling back to him, wanting him to do a an, an interview and a and a, a column and stuff, and you know Cedric said, you know, fuck you, like that that you you screwed me over. I'm not gonna you know help you help you there, but that's what I do like about him. He's he's good for the sport. Um, I, I, I often talk about if a guy were to meet, if a guy, if a bodybuilder were to sit on a plane next to a person who knows nothing about bodybuilding and they were to strike up a conversation for a three hour plane ride, would it look good or bad for bodybuilding? Or even if they sat next to each other and were awake the whole time and weren't even, they just talked a little bit 
or spoke a little bit. I feel like it's pretty much impossible that you could sit next to Cedric McMillan and have a conversation and not think good of bodybuilding after that because he's so he's just so uh, articulate and and kind, but also you know funny and no bullshit. So I like I like when there's bodybuilders like that that are that are a high level because it makes the sport a little bit more palatable for people who aren't into the sport. But when he's hidden away in the country like he is, which again, I understand, but we don't, we don't get to see that, but well, it also might be, and and I'm just throwing this out there. I could be totally wrong, but he, he's still full-time active duty in, in the U S army. He's a, a staff sergeant. I don't think he, is he full-time still? I thought he, I know he dropped down at least for a while. Oh, really? No, yeah, then, back, then, uh, then my stats might be wrong. Like two or three years ago, he dropped down to, uh, I don't know what you would drop down to, but he was no longer full-time to oh, focus more on bodybuilding. Corrected. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, he could have he could have re, like, like, went back, but I don't think so. I think he's still, he's still active military, but it's, I don't know really military very well, but I'm sure it's some sort of... Uh, like part-time military, if you will, you know. Okay, but I have a but question. Yeah, I mean, what, what if speaking of Cedric, let's the way Cedric looked at the Arnold. Um, it's funny people. Have, I feel like some people have kind of forgotten about how he looked at the Arnold. I mean, the the conversations of the Olympia are all about Kevin Lavroni, Phil Heath, Sean Roden, um, Dexter Jackson. You know, all these guys. It's like, well. Kai Green has been second, you know, all, all his last fucking, what, four Olympias, he was second to Phil Heath, and Cedric damn near beat Kai Green, he did beat him at prejudging, he probably had a better physique that day, and so what does that mean? The guy who consistently places second to Phil Heath kind of got beat by Cedric McMillan, but nobody's even talking about Cedric McMillan for a guy in the top, like, three, so... My question to you is, what do you think his his uh, cap is for how high he can place? Let's say he's 5% better than the Arnold. He just, like, maybe he gets a little more crisp or a little more full, just gets a tiny bit better than the than the Arnold. How high do you think he could climb? Honestly, I, I think he could place second. Uh, I think he'll beat out Dexter if, if he comes in better. I mean, I think overall... Cedric's conditioning is is always great. Um, you know, I, I like what he brings to the stage, and I mean, we all know that Dexter's going to come in looking like Dexter. I mean, it, it is what it is. He never changes. So you know, with Cedric kind of not putting anything out there, you know, it's that's good and bad. I mean, Dexter could have already forgotten about Cedric, whereas if Cedric was putting photos out there. You know, everyone might be looking at him and saying, wow, you know, he might come in and, and beat Phil. But, it, I mean, I totally agree with what you said. And that's why I started asking the question to a lot of people if if he even signed the contract since since nobody really knew anything. And and like what you just said, if if Arnold got up and, and basically told Kai after the Arnold Classic in Columbus, you know, hey, how does it feel to, to win but, you know, ultimately not have the best physique on stage – and, you know, he was talking about Cedric having the best physique on stage. That's, that says a lot because everyone keeps talking about, well, you know, if Kai comes in, 
that's really the only person that can compete against Phil. And, and you know, it, it, you already said that if Cedric technically kind of beat Kai at the Arnold, then that kind of puts him toe-to-toe with Phil. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel about it. And I just, I don't know, trying to picture the 2016 Arnold Cedric McMillan in that top four call-out with the 2015 Olympia, I don't know, man. I think Cedric beats all those guys. I think Cedric beats Sean because it's almost like Cedric's kind of like Sean. Cedric's got a little bit better upper body. Sean's got a little bit better legs, but Sean's a little harder. But also, Sean had a little bit of distension, and Cedric didn't. So, I don't know. I think that would be a, a very close battle between those two guys, or it would have been. So, that right there, you're looking at third or fourth, worst case. I don't think Phil Heath beats Cedric the way Cedric – I mean, or not Phil, uh, Dennis Wolf. I don't think Dennis Wolf could beat Cedric the way Cedric looked at the 2016 Arnold. Not no. in my book. I don't see no. how – I think I think Dennis Wolf is overrated. I I don't I don't like his midsection. Well, it's not super big. If you it's not I think what happened with Dennis Wolf is back 5 10 years ago or 5 5 to 7 years ago, he had a tiny little waist. Yeah. Now he doesn't. But people still kind of have that he was so imposing and had such a crazy V taper back in the day. I think people still think that about him even though it's not true. Like, if you go look at the pictures from the 2015 Olympia, look at the abs and thigh. Of of all the people up there, Phil, Sean, Dexter, and Wolf, those are the top four. I mean, Wolf's waist is twice as wide as the next widest guy. His waist is way wider. It's got that weird, like, hernia shelf thing at the bottom of the, at the, bottom of the abs. He's got no calves at all. Um, he's got bad skin. It's really, like, blotchy and shit. Yeah. And uh, that stuff, I just, I don't, I don't see how he could beat Cedric McMillan. I mean, what does he have on Cedric? A little bit of width, maybe. Cedric's got better arms, better delts, better midsection, better back. He's got quads. C- Cedric has better, uh, better calves for sure. You know, I don't know, better shape, better skin flow insertions. So I don't think that that Cedric could have possibly placed lower than third or fourth. I think he would have either be he probably either would have been second or he probably would have been third or fourth, depending on if he could have got by Sean. I th- at the um, at the at the Olympia this year, assuming he looked like he did at the Arnold. So probably like fourth because Cedric rarely gets the benefit of the doubt. Uh, there's never been a contest ever. Where anyone said, "Oh, Cedric should have been uh, Cedric should have been lower," you know, that's that's he's one of those bodybuilders that never gets the benefit of the doubt. Can you think of any time when Cedric was at a show and people were like, "Oh, I had shed Cedric lower; he got a gift." Doesn't happen, you know. No. So, uh, so yeah, probably probably fourth. So if he improves a little bit and a, guy, a couple guys slip up, I agree with you. I think he could be second. And who knows? I mean, he's not. Uh, He's a freak, you know. I'm I'm not ruling out uh, a 10% improvement even, which would put him in the running for the for the title for sure. A 10% improvement over the Arnold, I think he smashes Phil Heath, the Phil Heath that showed up in 15. But I think uh, we'll get to our Olympia talk the next uh, couple weeks. But I think uh, I think Phil Heath is going to come back and really uh, smash some skulls this year. 
Yeah. But, but I mean, it's going back to, to the topic that we originally got started on. Let's think about this. So Phil is out there talking about winning and showing his physique. You have Kevin Lavroni out there doing photos of everything other than his legs. You know, Dexter uh, just jumped on stage to do some guest posing. He looked great. It's it's stuff that we talk about, we look at, we get excited about. Can you imagine the the lack of excitement if if Kevin wasn't posting any pictures whatsoever and people are just looking at what he brought to the Pittsburgh stage when he announced that he was going to uh, appear at the Olympia? Everyone doubted him. I doubted him. I was like, there's no freaking way. But over the weeks, as he's posting pictures, we see he's getting bigger and bigger and leaner and bigger and leaner and you're like oh shit like okay you know he's he's bringing it now if if nobody posted and and they were like look you know you have to respect my privacy i don't want to post pictures and stuff there would be no excitement going into the olympia everyone would literally just be like well phil will probably win again and that would be it uh yeah i agree with you i i agree with you 100 it's uh it's a it's a strange dynamic right how Something so far-fetched is having that effect on the industry. Because I think it's far-fetched. I mean, you know, for that to become a reality. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think he kind of reminds me right now of Michael Lockett, uh, Kevin Lavroni. How Michael Lockett goes, he, he's like competing over and over again and getting bigger and leaner at the same time. That's what That's what Kevin's doing right now. You know, it's like you see him... Eight weeks out, and 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 you think to yourself, he's not going to be big enough. You don't get bigger the last eight weeks. Nobody does that. This is where you harden it up. But he has gotten bigger. I mean, it looks like significantly bigger uh, in the last five weeks. It's been since then, so it'll be interesting. But I'm I'm very glad that Cedric is competing because I think he's a Literally and figuratively, he's a huge addition to the Olympia lineup in every way, shape, or form. Uh, but yeah, this we wanted to talk. We were t- we were talking amongst ourselves before we got on the on the air, and we were thinking about maybe having a show dedicated to to drug talk, um, or maybe then we thought about talking about supplements, and we decided on talking about the supplement industry because I actually. It kind of popped into my head today before I texted you. I was looking at an MD, an old MD, and I was kind of getting nostalgic because I was looking at it's like all ads. People talk about like people like to say now MD is nothing but ads. Let me tell you something. It's always been nothing but ads. The difference is it used to be 500 pages. Now it's like 100. That's the difference. But I was looking at an older one. It wasn't too old. It was probably I got here one on my desk here. That's uh, that's, when is this? May 2013. It's got Jay on the cover. But uh, this one that I was looking at today was probably like 2010, 2009. And I was looking at the supplement ads and I was thinking to myself back to when. It took me back to when I was like a part-timer at GNC. Or even when I first started running a GNC. I became, uh, I started managing a GNC when I was 23. And I, I remember looking through the magazines and stuff. And I remember knowing, literally, I knew... I pretty much knew every product for every company, every American supplement company. I mean, no bullshit. I knew every product of every company pretty much 99% of the time. 
if somebody came in the store and was like, or or came up to me anywhere and they were like, hey, uh, do you ever you ever heard of this by this? I'm like, oh yeah, and and most of the time, about probably seventy percent of the time, not only did I, not only was I familiar with the product, but I could tell you what was in it and what the ingredients were and shit. Um, the only thing that kind of excluded were maybe protein powders because that's kind of like, you know, a million companies had a whey protein concentrate and shit. So it's like, I, that, that's that I, I didn't know every protein, but as far as NO boosters, test boosters, fat burners, uh, non-hormonal anabolics, all those things, I knew, I, I knew all of them. And now I was looking at a, I was looking at an ad and I'm thinking now I don't know any of them. Even when I was working at Vitamin World, I haven't been at Vitamin World for a while now, but when I was working there, this was only, I mean, it was like a year ago, and people would come in all the time and be like, you ever heard of this, this? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It would happen all the time. Probably half the time I knew what they were talking about, you know? So I think that the point of the story is, are, are there like an absorbent amount of companies now? Or am I like just out of the loop? Because I never stopped working in supplements. I went from GNC. Then for a short stint, I worked for uh, Blackstone Labs. Uh, and then I started working for Vitamin World. And then started working for Iron Mag. I'm still with Iron Mag. So I never got out of the supplement like game, you know. But I But now it's like I don't know any of these companies. I see companies every day. And I'm like, what is this? But five years ago, uh, seven years ago, I knew every company and everything they made too. But I, I know we were talking about a lot of the changes that are uh, the changes that are occurring in the industry. How much of that do you think is due to this influx of new companies? Well, I mean, companies are literally coming out of the woodwork. It's it's insane, and and I totally related to everything that you just said where you know years ago you knew everything you knew the profiles you knew what the brand was what the specific product was you know you could almost break down the macros in it and uh-huh. and you know that's how precise you know you could get back then now you know you have you know Jim Bob supplement you know nutrition you know dark horse cow pie i mean you, you just <laughs> if you basically just come up with a stupid name i can guarantee there's probably a supplement company out there with that name protein um, cookie with no protein yeah but I, it, there there's so many companies and everyone thinks that they can jump into the industry and get rich quick because they're like oh well you know i can sell something and have great margin and you know everybody will buy my product because i'll price it so low and it, the whole thing is if you're not getting distribution on the products, it, it it really doesn't matter. If you're not one of the top 10 companies out there today, you either will barely survive or you won't survive. And, you know, the lifespan of a supplement company isn't very long. Uh, you know, there have been a few who have gotten lucky. But, I mean, really, it's, it's the, the top companies that, you know, from uh, years ago are the ones that are still – ruling the world so to speak and you know you see a change in the industry with the supplements and you know people are getting called out for tainting products and spiking products and not meeting label claims and then you have i won't say the name uh but there's a company that's made up of three letters 
and you know they have forty some odd percent more protein in 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 their tub than what's on the label. How you can screw that up is beyond me. Uh, but then you have companies that that aren't meeting label claims and going the opposite way, where you know they're saying that there's twenty grams of protein and there's really only twelve. It's it, the supplement industry has changed a lot, and I don't I don't think for the better. I think uh, you know people are just trying to get into the industry for the wrong reason. They're not in it to try and help people. They're just in it to try and make money, and not that that's a bad thing. Everyone's trying to make money. I mean that's that's why they work. But if you're cutting corners and and ultimately just looking at the almighty dollar versus, I'm going to get this person on board. He's going to use my products. He's going to love the products. He's going to get the results that he wants, and then he's going to go tell all his friends. Then all his friends are going to come over. And they're going to start buying my products. It's it's not like that anymore. It's you know, snake oil you know here and there, and you have. I, mean, I don't even want to get into like Herbalife and all of those because those MLM guys are just ridiculous. I mean, Herbalife just paid two hundred million dollars in like fines or something, uh, you know, for their uh, for their scam basically. Oh yeah, yeah, that shit's nasty, dude. That's a uh... All those things are are, are hard to uh, exist in. All those, I don't like calling them pyramid schemes because every business is a pyramid scheme. Essentially, I mean, there's people at the top who make all the money, and then it trickles down and out like a pyramid. I mean, that's how every fucking business is, pretty much, or corporation, I should say. Uh, but yeah, those are those are tough to exist in. I mean, you really have to sell your soul to the devil. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they're selling two shit. pound tubs of protein yeah. for a hundred bucks. Right. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like, are you crazy? And it's crap. Yeah. It's not crap, but it's not good. It's like, nah, it's run of the mill shit. It's just that's all they all are. Like Advocare. They make shit yeah. products. Some of them are shit and some of them are like, nah, but none of them are good. It's not like the old VPX products that were like good products, you know. Assuming what was on the label was correct. I, I don't know how VPX does their, you know, I don't know how honest they are, but, you know, it was a company that made like badass supplements, um, but yeah. The other thing, speaking of EPX, I was thinking about. I mean, I, obviously, I worked at GNC, I worked at Vitamin World for years, and I was thinking about all the. And I started taking supplements well before then, about a couple years before uh, uh, GNC, probably. And I've taken so many supplements. And I'm thinking to myself, how many times have I bought a, a supplement again? Because it works so good, I wanted to spend my money on it again. And honestly, there aren't very many that I can possibly think of. I mean, creatine, yeah, creatine monohydrate, I bought several times. Proteins, I bought several times of the same kind. Um, but not really. Usually, I would just get a really big discount on it at GNC or something and... and uh, take whatever I got, you know, I wasn't really buying it, but can you think of any supplement that you took that you ended up buying another one of? No, I mean, pretty much it's been protein. Um, you know, if I find something that I like the, the texture and the taste, generally I'll, I'll go back to it. Um, you know, I've, I was biased for, (laughs) for so long. I mean, I spent almost 10 years with, with metrics. So, I was using like the ultramyosin whey and you know the ultramyosin isolate and and stuff like that for wow I mean way before 
I was even technically an employee since I started out on the forums and, and I was getting free product at that point. So, wow, it's probably been, I'd say, 12, 13 years maybe that, that I've pretty much been using the same protein. And, and before that, I was using Optimum, you know, the, the old school uh, gold standard. And that's because back then there, there just really weren't as many choices as there are today. And, and Optimum had a great product. They, uh, you know, the quality seemed to be there. The, the flavor was there. And at that point, the price wasn't bad. <laughs> Obviously, over the past 13 years, the, you know, prices for raw materials have skyrocketed. Um, you know, but that's something else. Going back to everybody jumping into the supplement industry, when you have guys like uh, Optimum, you know, Glambia or, or Metrex being NBTY, I mean, they can buy up a whole bunch of raw materials and, and you know, keep their prices low. Um, where, you know, newbies coming into the industry, they're not going to get the prices that, you know, the, the big guys are getting. So, you know, their price is going to drive up. So just even getting trial on their products is going to be extremely difficult. They're going to have to do a bazillion sample packets and, and give them out to all the retailers just to get it in the hands of the consumers to try. I mean, they're they're probably going to be price, you know, price shopping like most people are these days. Mm-hmm. And if they see that, you know, supplement company XYZ is, you know, let's say $50 for a five pound tub, but, you know, they have metrics, let's say at $43, they're going to go, okay, I'm going to save $7. I'm just going to buy metrics. Plus I know the name. So it makes yeah. it difficult. Yeah, and it's it's really true because I be, being in supplement retail for so long, saying that people are going to price shop is is like saying the sky is blue after being in retail that long. I mean, people would literally come in every day and the first thing out of their mouth, what's your cheapest fill in the blank? What's your cheapest fat burner? What's your cheapest protein? What's your cheapest nitric oxide booster? What's your f- cheapest cock stiffener? You know what I mean? Like, what's the cheapest? It was their first their first question. So, essentially, if you put out a quality product that can't be cheap, pretty much nobody's going to buy it. And even myself, I was even like that. Back when I was a hardcore supplement buyer, uh, when I kind of just would scan the whole industry for what product I wanted, I would always get the cheapest one. As long as it wasn't, as long as it looked enticing to me, um, I would get, usually if there were 10 different prices, I would get the one that was second or third cheapest, you know, that sort of thing. So it does make it really hard when you have these companies cutting corners and, and, and being deceitful and everything. But I mean, like I, like I said before, too, I, I'm, I'm wondering how many times I've taken supplements in the past and they actually weren't what I thought they were because I can count on one hand the number of supplements I've taken, maybe two hands, that, I, that actually did something and I thought were I, – I noticed a visible difference. Zero protein powders. I've never taken a protein powder in my life and said, oh, wow. I'm building muscle faster or I'm recovering better or ever, ever. I've never, I cannot ever, I cannot honestly say that I've ever taken a protein supplement and found that anything was better about my body, how I felt or anything. That's a tough one though because like you almost like literally have to be 
you know, conscious of, okay, I'm going to start taking this protein powder for the next four weeks and I'm going to weigh myself. There's just, there's too many variables to put in there. I mean, your right. overall nutrition comes into play. Your training protocol comes into play. What other supplements you're taking comes into play. Uh, how much sleep, you know, rest you're getting uh, to recover. It's, that's like so tough. But then again, it's, it's along the lines of, you know, that's why people love pre-workouts because they feel it. So if, yeah. if you buy a pre-workout and you get jacked up, like literally it's almost like, you know, shit's crawling under your skin. That's what people want. They're like, oh, it's, it's got to be working when really, you know, it could be, you know, fairy dusted with uh, the things that you really want in it. And, and all you're getting, you know, is, you know, you know beta alanine or niacin or, or something like that where, you know, that's where you're going to be getting the tingles from. But uh, it's, yeah, like proteins and glutamines and creatines, like all of that stuff that you don't feel because there's no stimulant, you know, in the product, so to speak. It's, it's so hard to, to figure out if it's working or not. Like you literally almost have to do like a research study on yourself like, okay, four weeks of protein A and then I'm going to do four weeks of protein B. Like it's it's so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But on the same token, I have taken supplements that I I knew would work. I mean, when I, used to, when I took creatine, I would see a difference. Pretty much every single time I took creatine, I saw a little difference. Um, the Iron Mag Andro products – I love the Andro products are great. I I use the first time I ever used an Iron Mag product was in 2011, and I saw a difference. I got mostly at that point. I took one Andro by itself, and I got very strong, or or not very. I mean, I was strong, but I got a little. I got stronger, and it was definitely that product because that's all I had changed. And even to this day, I can use those at low doses, and I always. I always get a result from them. I mean, it's it's not uh, it's probably not even obvious enough for other people to notice, but I can can notice it a hundred percent. You know, like like I I have a little extra fullness and stuff like that. So and but but like I said, there's there was one fat burner that VPX made way back. It had the one three dimethyl. It had uh, it had all kinds of good stuff, and I had this crazy Yohimbe blend. It what had was that, like meltdown. Is that no, what no, it was called? No, not meltdown. Meltdown. I didn't have great results with it. It was um, redline. It, it was redline ultra oh, okay. hardcore. The one with uh, the the one the, the the liquid cap with the two different colored beads inside. Yeah. Okay. They made ultra hardcore, then they made hardcore, and the main they were pretty different. The the ultra hardcore was much better. It had uh, it had the one three in it. It had a little less caffeine and more other stuff, you know. It had like all the synephrine and the PEA and the uh, all the Yohimbe complex. It had uh, oh, it also had the it also had T two, the uh, that like iodine derivative thing or whatever. Yeah. You remember T two was a great ingredient. Yeah. That fat burner, I can honestly say, I took it and I lost fat more than if I wasn't taking it. Um, and I pretty much when I was younger, man, I probably tried every fat burner there ever was. Agreed. I tried them all. I tried hydroxycut, mitotropin. I mean, everything. I couldn't even name them all. I've tried hundreds of fat burners and never really noticed them until uh, until Ultra Hardcore, which is no longer around. I loved OxyElite Pro when USP Labs had that just yeah. because no, no over-the-counter supplement has ever made me feel that good. Like I would like just be in a shit mood. 
take a Oxy Elite and I'd be flying, singing to the radio, like feel, felt great, you know? So I like that, but I, I never really saw a change in my physique from it. Um, old, old school EC stack. Yeah. That that was good stuff. Of course, obviously, now you could have to, you're going to have to go to the drugstore and get uh, Broncade or something like that. Yeah, yeah, really. But yeah, do, it's, your, it's, <laughs> do your own little uh, research. Right. I've actually never, uh, I've never really done that, that uh, stack. That worked great. That was yeah. literally like one of the best stacks that I've ever used. You know, just using ephedrine and uh, and caffeine. Obviously, you had people that would use, you know, aspirin, do the ECA stack, but that was really for for the guys that were obese, so to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, the EC stack work were great. I mean, literally, uh, it the weight just melted off of me. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never, I've never taken anything that's that's done that to me. But I also have a I have a, a major appetite. Like I can just eat way more food than I should. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic now. And I know on the same topic of supplement companies at the upcoming Olympia, I know that a lot of companies are opting not to go because, which is also, I mean, it's not surprising because this also comes back to the point where another thing I was thinking about, I was watching, what was I watching? I watched really old bodybuilding shit that no one else would watch still. Uh, I guess that's what makes me a bodybuilding nerd. I was watching something with like Jay Cutler and he was getting interviewed, excuse me. And he was like all about his muscle tech products. Like it was a huge part of the video, but it wasn't like a video about supplements. It was a video about him training for the Olympia, probably in 07 or something. And he's talking about his Lukic and his Kreakic and his (laughs) Celtic. And gakic and, and like it's like <laughs> it was like you don't see that anymore. I mean, look at Kevin Lavroni. He's making the most epic comeback of all time. Have you heard him mention Lavroni like his line one time? I have no. not. He hasn't. He hasn't shown himself. I mean, why? Why? It's kind of fucking strange if you think about. Kevin hasn't shown himself drinking a shake, taking a pill, nothing. Well, he, I don't think he has U.S. distribution. I think it's just over in the UK right now. I don't believe he has any products in the US. Yeah, but yeah, but the guys in the UK are watching his comeback, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't. It's just weird that you had this company that's just now starting to do good, or maybe not just now, but it's 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 doing doing good. Yeah, and and you're not even like doesn't even come up in your Olympia prep. Back in the day, it was like the 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 thing to do was pimp your the supplement company you were with on all the videos, and I think. That the reason that's gone is mostly social media, because they can do that on social media. They don't need an athlete to do it on a fucking DVD. They can have some skank with their tits out do it on Instagram, or and it's the same issue with people going to the Olympia. I think like, do you really want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a booth at the Olympia when you have the platform to the world with Facebook and Instagram? You know what I mean? Like why? What is the crowd at the Olympia compared to the crowd on Instagram? It's one one millionth of it. Yeah. You know? So it kind of makes sense that I think it's it's largely social media that it's so hard for. And I think social media is killing bodybuilding coverage too. Because you can't get supplement sponsors 
like places like RX Muscle, Iron Magazine, MD, none of us can get good sponsorships anymore because why would you it doesn't make any sense. Why would you put your product out through RX Muscle when you have like the whole world at your fingertips with social media? You can just sleaze out and go on social media and do it that way. And, and that's uh, the best way to go, to, and it's, to be honest. It, it's crazy. I mean, Iron Mag does it all. I mean, we're, we advertise everywhere. We don't we, – we, we go social media, RX, we're everywhere, and it's working. But it's, it's – I don't, I don't know how I feel about the whole just advertising on social media thing. I think something's lost – when you're not, when you don't have guys, I don't know. I don't know. I just think, I just think maybe I was more gullible, but I feel like five, 10 years ago, supplements were way more intriguing to me. Like I, I was, I was, the industry was doing a much better job at convincing me to take supplements. In other words, five, 10 years ago than they are now. I feel like now it's more like drugs. There's it's yeah. like this, there's this new drug thing going on and not so much supplements. And even in the videos you see Jose Raymond in the videos he for 1 second he holds up a little packet of BCAs. It's not even open. He's obviously not taking it. Or you have Kai Green pretending to take a pill, you know, and and clearly not really taking it. Great job. That makes your company look good. But you know, shit like that, or these guys using dark shaker cups, so you can't even tell what the fuck's in it, and pretending like it could be full of water, it could be, it could be nothing in it, and they're like, oh, here's my such and such pre-workout, it's the best stuff on the market, like, you know, you know how rare it is for someone to actually show you the package, and put the powder in the cup, and do it all, you know what I mean, there's all these cuts and bullshit, like, these guys aren't even using this stuff, back in the day, like, they showed you using it. Yeah, I remember David Henry after a workout. It was on one of these Olympia series. He busts out his cell tech, puts the scoop in the bottle, and drinks it right there in front of the camera. And it literally made me think, oh, wow, maybe that dude does use cell tech. He probably didn't, but at least he actually took it. Nowadays, it's all, like, nonsense. It's all some girl on 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 the internet holding a bottle of pre-workout, you know, with her tits out. There's no, I don't, I don't understand how that works. I mean, who is, who is convinced by that? I could totally see a kid watching David Henry drink Celtec, literally drink the Celtec in front of them after a workout and thinking, holy shit, he takes Celtec because he just took it. Yeah. But now on social, it was back in the day. Hell yeah. And now on social media, it's just like photos of nonsense. And even, I mean, when's the last time you saw a video of a pro using a supplement? Who is getting convinced by this shit? Somebody, it's 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 really like the whole dynamic, and it hasn't been that long. It's been less than a decade. The whole dynamic of the supplement industry has changed like so drastically. I mean, I've basically been at the Arnold and the Olympia um, every year for, for almost the past 10 years. and And I was, you know, at the Metrex booth. And and knowing what goes on behind the scenes to that, I mean, literally, we would have our brands are Metrex, Pure Protein, 
Body Fortress, um, and, and then towards the end, you know, Balance Bar. And literally, the company will be spending over a million dollars when you factor in all of the brands that, that we were taking to the Olympia or the Arnold. And, and you know, that's money that you're never going to make back. The Arnold, in, in my opinion, and, and people can disagree, especially the consumers, because they're going to think I'm an idiot for saying this, but it's such a shit show. The Expo, in, in, in particular, is what I'm talking about. Because as, as a manufacturer... You, you literally just go there to show face because if you don't go there, then people think, you know, you're, you're irrelevant. Like, oh, you disappeared. I'm going to go, you know, put my money in a different brand. So you almost had to do it just to, to show your presence in the industry. Other than that, all you had were a bunch of jerk-offs that would walk from booth to booth. They would try the samples, not giving a shit what it was. They would never 100%. look at the product. They would never pick it up. They would never look at the ingredients. They would just try it. Trick just or to treat. Try it. It's trick or treat. They walk by the booth and ha- hold out their hand. Literally. Exactly. They walk by the booth and hold out their hand. They don't even know what the company is. No, exactly. And and that's what was so frustrating because you would have people that would walk up and, and it wasn't a matter of they would just take one and put it in their bag. They would grab a handful, maybe two handfuls, throw it in their bag, not even look at you. Like like you don't even exist. You're right. And they'll just put the product in. And you know what really pissed me off? That shit ends up on, you know, Craigslist and eBay and, and all these different, you know, sites that you can go on and sell stuff. And, you know, these people are just there to go profit. Like, I'm I'm not taking money out of my budget to go put money in your piggy bank, asshole. Like, I'm taking <laughs> yeah. it so that you can try the product. And if you like it, you know, then that's something that you can go purchase if you want. Like, I'm I'm not doing this for your financial gain. Like, I'm not spending over a million dollars to bring my brands to a show so that you can mooch off of all of my samples. Like, that literally by the end of the show, I literally would think that I was going to turn into an alcoholic because it just drove me nuts. And then at the end of the show, of course, you don't want a ship to have everything sent back to corporate or, you know, a warehouse somewhere. So you would literally just give out the rest of the stuff. Yep. And, and it was like a free-for-all. It, it was it. It's just total madness. You would have people going booth to booth, literally like standing on top of each other, trying to get handfuls of free stuff or full tubs of a container or or whatever. And it it's just terrible. The amount of money that the supplement industry spends on this sport is stupid. And and in all honesty, if it wasn't for the supplement companies, the IFBB would literally disappear because yeah. they cannot fund everything that they're doing currently without the backing of the supplement industry. Good it, thing it, John McCain didn't become president because he would have <laughs> He would have I didn't mind John McCain except for that. He was anti supplements even though the fucking guy couldn't even name one supplement. But uh no. But yeah, I mean I feel like if I had a supplement company, I was going to the Olympia, I wouldn't even give out free samples. I would have a sale. You know, I would have like a 40% off sale, all products, and bring live product to the show in boxes. Because, people do that. Because you have, like, a million supplement-taking fans there. And, you know, fans come up to the booth. They come up to the Iron Mag booth. Are you selling products? Are you selling anything? Can I buy one of these? You know, that happens here and there. But if you had this really huge sale and you could advertise it somehow, I think you could move a lot of product out of a out of an expo. It's almost like, you know dropping 
whatever section you are at GNC as a supplement company, it's like dropping that section in the middle of a sea of supplement consumers. You know, it's kind of like best case scenario. But you know, well, you mentioned sh- you mentioned balance bars. I got to yeah. call out balance bars because what loads of shit those things were, man. <laughs> like the first ingredient, I'm pretty sure was fructose. Fructose. Who the fuck makes a chocolate protein bar out of fructose? Why would you do such a thing? And the second ingredient was soy protein and soy horse shit. Those were some shitty bars, man. Because those were huge at Vitamin World. Yeah. We had a little four-way of them right out front. We put next to the door and shit, and it would it would catch the, the fat middle-aged women walking around the mall, and they'd be like, oh, let's go to these, you know. And Well, uh, it played off the 40-30-30 diet. I mean, when when that was big, I mean, Balance Bar literally blew up. The fat, like, the fat, and hun- the fat and hungry diet. Yeah, <laughs> but but going back to what you were saying about selling product at at the shows, there there are only two things that that make that difficult. Actually, I'll I'll say three. One is how many people are actually walking around the the expo with you know a ton of cash on them. Um, so that's that's one. The second is I don't know, dude. Oh, I think I would refute that. In Vegas, I think a lot of them are walking around with cash on them. Hey, you might be right. I, I'm but just then, thinking. But then, but but, but your uh, your point's kind of valid because you also have the. I mean, how do you take a credit card at an expo? Well, you you can, but but here comes point number two. You have to have some type of you know <laughs> like banking structure while you're there. Right. A lot of these 100%. booths are hiring you know schlums that are local. So that they don't have to pay to put them up in hotels, and they don't have to pay for their food because they drive there in the morning, and when they're done, they take their ass home. So you really don't know these people. So do you want them handling credit cards where you could get nailed if something happens, or handling cash where it could go in somebody's pocket and disappear? So that it makes it you know a little difficult for that. Um. And what was my third? I literally just started talking about the the second topic. Um, I don't I don't remember, but uh, but I, I don't know. It's 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 tough. Were you gonna say? Uh, oh oh, that, I combined two into uh, um, number two. One one for the first one was how many people are carrying cash. The second thing is you have to have some type of banking structure. Uh, you know, just so that you can take payments and put the money somewhere. And the third is, give, you know, give literally, change. you don't know anybody uh, that's there. Like, yeah, you don't. How are you going to do change? You don't know these people. Is is you know, are you going to have money just disappearing? Um, it's it gets difficult, and you know, it. I don't know. That's true. It does get pretty chaotic, and it would be kind of hard to keep track of everything. And and think about how many people are there. So if you have to walk away from the booth. Not not in the sense of like leave your booth, but if you're at a counter and you're accepting money and you have to you know turn your back or whatever to swipe a card, when you turn around, it, it's a swarm of people. You're gonna like you're gonna be like, uh, shit, whose card was this? You know, then you're gonna have that liability. Like, right. Oh well, I gave you know that girl over there my credit card. I never got it back. Wow, I'm I'm gonna sue you know X Y Z supplement company now. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing because. The supplement industry is also an industry that there's no truly great supplements of like the common supplements, like the common things like NO boosters and stuff. You can't make 
a, a phenomenal product because no one would buy it because it'd be too much money. I'm yeah. confident that right now with my experience in supplements, I can make the best weight gainer the, com- the, the industry's ever seen. I could make the best fat burner. The, no, I couldn't make the best fat burner because shit used to be legal. But uh, if you don't count uh, based on things that are available, I could make the best fat burner on the market right now. Unquestionably, I could. I can make the best weight gainer on the market right now. Unquestionably. I can make the best NO booster. I can make the best Natty Test Booster. There's no doubt in my mind that right now in the next half hour, I could write down milligrams per serving, whatever, and make the best test boosting formula ever made. Guaranteed that the problem is, first of all, you need to take six pills a day minimum. And the other problem is the price. I'm not going to be able to put enough this, that, and the other things in there, you know? I'm not going to be able to put enough deaspartic acid and acetyl-L-carnitine and DHEA and DIM and uh, or alcarnitine I'll tartrate, not not acetyl. But, um, you know, all those, uh, a long jack, all those great test boosting uh, supplements, to put them all in there and have them all at effective dosages, first of all, people aren't going to take that many pills. And second of all, people aren't going to, I should say, first of all, people aren't going to pay the price. No, they'll, it's, they'll it's just gonna, go get true. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be double, triple the price of regular shit. The same thing with the weight gain or the fat burner. You could just do your research and look at all the fat burners and all the ingredients. There's hundreds of ingredients. Pick like the top five and put large doses into a product. No, no company does that. Find me a company that takes like five or six of the best ingredients and puts real true doses in them for fat burner. Th- those products don't even exist. Because they would, nobody would buy them. They don't exist because they can't exist. The only things that are close are, I don't like to come back to it because we obviously work for them, but the Iron Mag Andro products and other companies have Andro products too. But because those are still kind of like gray area anabolics, those are the only things that are really like effective and they're expensive because they're so effective. But every other product, NO boosters, all of it, you, you have to balance. There's this game you have to play where you have to make it. You have you, you have to make it a certain level of shitty so that you can make it cheap enough. Yeah, it's not about making a great product. It's about making a just good enough product that's not too expensive for all the cheap people who won't buy it. You know, well, and, and if you uh, have other industries, works, other industries. Oh yeah, yeah. Other industries aren't like that though. I mean, you don't. You don't see like other industries having all the companies making inferior shit because nobody will buy the quality stuff. That doesn't happen. I mean, you can buy a laptop for what? 200 bucks? Or you can buy a $2,000 Mac badass laptop. People buy the Macs all the time. But no one's buying Species Nutrition Isolize for a million dollars. You know what I mean? That, that It's not like that in other in other industries. Other industries, you have like the best shit that tons of people buy and the shitty shit that tons of people buy. The supplement industry, it's all, it's all kind of like equal with slight differences, you know, and none of it is, is above and beyond. None of it's like super high quality or super low quality. Well, some of it's super low quality, but you get to, once you get to the, once you get to the height that like Iron Mag is at, I would put species there too. Like the good companies, like once you get there, you can't go any higher because if you do, 
your price goes out the fucking roof and no one's going to buy your shit. So you have all these slum companies that suck, that cheat their that they they lie in their labels and everything. Then you have the good companies, and I'm afraid to even name any good companies cuz I don't even know. I I trust um I trust Iron Mag, I trust Species. I I, I kind of trust Species. I'm not even positive. I trust Gia Labs cuz I know the ownership there. And I would trust anyone that you are, are are positive about because I trust you. But you know, once you hit that level of quality, it doesn't. It can't really go any higher. Because imagine if Rob took Max Pump and doubled all the ingredients that could be doubled. I mean, you wouldn't double the creatine, but let's say he doubled the arginine, the um, he doubled the augmentine, he doubled the citrulline, he doubled the acetyl glutamine, he doubled the the um the uh tyrosine he doubled everything in it and not the caffeine obviously that would be absurd <laughs> it would be it would be a better pre-workout in fact it'd probably be the best pre-workout on the market by far if you double but you can't do that first of all people have to take a lot and it's going to taste far worse so that those are downsides and so you can't you have to you have to play this like in between game and then what happens then again is the supplements aren't potent enough for people to keep coming back to most of them. So they just bounce around everywhere and, and, and it makes this like spread out like uh, effect, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a super unique industry and I kind of feel like it's on shaky ground and it's not a good thing. Cause like you said, the whole IFPB and everything kind of depends on it. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because the, the products that are made that work end up, you know, becoming under the microscope and then they end up getting banned. And, you know, it's not a, in my opinion, it's not really a, a concern for health. I think it's truly just a concern because it's hurting, uh, you know, big pharma that these pharmaceutical companies are like, oh, well, you know, we have something for that. Then they go crying to the government. Government says, oh, well, let's, uh, let's go check into this and then stuff gets banned. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, look at how many people die every year for supplements, and I'm I'm throwing it under the huge umbrella, supplements. And I know that's uh, tell- I know because we had the article posted. I had the article posted in my GNC back in like '09. It was a a study from '08, and there were zero deaths in the U.S. from dietary supplements in 2008. And I think the statistic is that there's roughly. Um, one death every two years from from a supplement. And I know one of the ones I heard about was some retard took like a whole bottle of multivitamins because it said dietary supplement. And because it had the word diet, he thought it was for weight loss and he took like a whole bottle and, and killed himself. But that's not, that's Darwinism. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, like you said, there's no, people say that too. Like they're like, oh, well, how do I know this isn't tainted and stuff? I'm like, why the hell would it be tainted? It's not terrorism. I mean, they might lie about how much protein's in there or something, but it's not gonna it's not gonna kill you. Like that's just stupid. It doesn't happen. People are so afraid of it happening, even though it hasn't happened. People love to be afraid of stuff that's never really happened. You know. Well, I it's love like, it how one person does something stupid. Like they'll take a a fat burner, and you know they'll think doubling the dosage is is good, and meanwhile they have an underlying condition that you know, literally just goes sideways fast and they end up dying and then they ban the the product 
and and the ingredient or or whatever uh, they think is the cause of it. And it's like, well, well, hold on, like that's that's one person. While that's you know tragic and it should be looked into, maybe it's something that they need to put in the bottle. Like if you have such and such condition, uh, you know, do not take this product. Yeah, the but problem is at, the, the problem is they put that on every bottle, and they and they oh, put, yeah. they 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 literally list every single disease, and then say do not take before consulting a physician. Everything. So when oh, you yeah. put that on every single bottle, it's it's kind of like not putting it on any bottle, you know? Because once it's on every bottle, it's no longer taken seriously. Because Correct. how can you put the same warning on whey protein that you put on a fat uh, burner, a, a fat burner, or a test booster, or I mean, like it's they're not even related, so. That kind of becomes uh, there's two there's two I I found there's two types of people with those warnings ones that act like they're not there like me and ones that they throw the supplement you know over their left shoulder for good luck after they read it they're like no way oh look at this blood pressure blah blah, blah you know and the latter is pretty rare those those people usually they just didn't even pay attention to that warning it's like uh yeah. it's like uh the a food label. Most people don't even look at. I mean, how many people look at a food label? It's just there, or the ingredients. Actually, the ingredients are more on. People are more unlikely. They look at the nutrition facts and like to pretend like they know what they're looking at. But like the ingredients of a of a of a food, um, which is a whole other topic that we could talk about. How people don't care about what is in their food. Like how that how how we got to a. How we got to a point where we don't care what's in our food is, and we're banning supplements is is like a crazy, crazy dynamic. And of but it's insane. So you have stupidity. one one person who who dies, but then you have people who are taking you know pharmaceutical products and and prescriptions that doctors prescribe for whatever condition that they have, where the side effects are legit. It's not like you know on the side of a supplement label where it says. You know, you might shit unicorns or something stupid. Like, this is like life-threatening side effects mm-hmm. on these pharmaceutical products, and most or, of the time, they're taking one too. product for another product, and mm-hmm. then they have to get another product or another prescription because of the side effects from the other prescription that they had, and it's a domino effect. But nobody's like crying over this or that. How many people have drug interactions because? A doctor's, pres- you know, prescribing something, but they don't know what another doctor is, you know, has them on because they're not communicating, and it should be in their medical files, but somehow somebody slipped up, and then somebody dies. It's like there's so much other stuff that that can be battled in in this world, and yet people want to look at, you know, this big black cloud over the supplement industry, like the supplement industry is so bad, and pe- you know, they're just out to to trick people and scam people, and you know, th- that's not the case for most supplement companies but it's like the pharmaceutical industry went from a total change of trying to help people to literally only caring about money and yeah it goes yeah i was going to say people that are just trying to get into the supplement industry and get rich quick like that's literally the new model of you know pharmaceutical companies they're just like well we're going to make as much money as we can and the amount of money that they're making off of insurance companies is astronomical so while you you have a you know, five, ten, fifteen, whatever dollar copay, they're charging your insurance company like hundreds and hundreds, or if it's super expensive, you know, kind of like a, a super drug, you know, it could be upwards of, you know, maybe a thousand dollars. 
Yeah, and let's not act like ignorant. I mean, we know that nobody. I shouldn't say nobody. There's some, there's some really stupid people out there, but these big wigs at the pharmaceutical companies, they know that supplements aren't dangerous. Them banning them has nothing to do with danger. It's all money. Like you said, it's all money. Everything is, it's all fueled by money. The country's run by money. The president has no power. Money has power. Money is what is power, especially in America. Our president is like a fucking mouse compared to money is like a Siberian tiger. It's not even the same galaxy of power in our, in our country. You know, it's all about money. So that's where that, I mean, ends up coming from. And the other thing with that too, it's like the spinoff, another negative spinoff is that doctors are becoming dumber and dumber because school and everything is becoming more and more focused on treating symptoms and giving drugs that doctors are just plain stupid. Like pretty much the doctor I have now is pretty good. Um, but I've heard every doctor I've ever had, I've heard them say something that was literally incorrect, like scientifically wrong. And usually it has something to do with a drug or not, maybe not directly, but it kind of, you know, has a, it's tied to a drug somehow. They're trying to defend something or whatever. I mean, I shouldn't go, I mean, I'm not that smart. You know what I mean? Like I know nutrition cause I've been diabetic and everything for so long and uh, into bodybuilding. And that's like just my passion. But for a, for a doc, for me to hear several doctors, I mean, probably 10 or more literally say things that are not correct, like wrong and or dangerous is crazy. And usually it's cause they're so fixated on drugs and nonsense. Like doctors tell people that when you're, once you're a type two diabetic, you're always a type two diabetic. What the fuck did you just say? Like that is so wrong. Type two diabetes is a sensitivity issue. As soon as your sensitivity comes back, you're no longer a type two diabetic. It's gone. If you maintain, it's like saying that once you're fat, you're always fat. What do you fucking no? No, you're not. Like that's this saying that you're always a type two diabetic. Once you're a type two diabetic, at one point is literally a, a complete lie to get people to stay on medication. That's 100% what that is because it's a false statement. You're not always type 2 once you become type 2. Maybe you've been type 2 for 10 years and you just find out and you can't reverse it. That's different. But if you're overweight and you're 38 years old and you have type 2 diabetes, you lose weight, work out, eat low carb, it goes away pretty much every time. And you're no longer a type 2 diabetic. If you have normal insulin sensitivity, you're not a diabetic anymore. It's no different than someone getting fat and then losing weight and then doctors saying, well, you're still fat. You're still obese. Because once you're obese, you're always obese. It doesn't matter if you have abs and a jawline now. You're still obese. That's the same as saying that you're always a type 2 once you get type 2. It's it's fucking complete, completely asinine. And uh, I don't know. I don't see any any real light at the end of the tunnel, unfortunately, as far as that goes. But we're still at a point, luckily, in this country where if you educate yourself, you're able to you're able to circumnavigate the bullshit, you know. If you know your shit, you're you're able to, you know, get around the corruption and everything. I mean, for the most part. I find that I'm able to at least. Well it's it's funny that that you started talking about doctors and stuff because and literally I had to mute myself because I started laughing in between my coughs. But but uh, 
literally, I think it was maybe two weeks ago now, I had to take my grandmother to, to the doctor. She was having some issues and she didn't want to drive. So I said that I would, I would drive her over and, and, you know, sit with her and stuff. So I went back with her and, you know, they're, they're talking and my grandmother's overweight. Like she's probably five, two, maybe, and about 250. Um, yeah. So we walk in and, and so your grandmother's doctor, built like Lee Priest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's got so many health issues, you know, diabetic, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I mean, right. you name it, she probably has it. Um, you know, did, is all of it because of her weight? Most of it probably is. Yes. Um, and, and you know, it, it, it kills me because obviously I'm in the health and fitness and supplement industry and, you know, I want to help her, but you can't help people that don't want help nope. or, or don't want to help themselves. And, and no that's way. frustrating, especially when it's family and someone that you love. But uh, but getting back on track. So the doctor walks in and this doctor is probably the same size as my grandmother. And and I'm kind of looking at her like, mm, OK. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, th- this is going to be fun. So she starts talking, and you know she's she you know says, "Oh, Joan, uh, you know your your weight seems to be creeping up a little bit. You know what are you what are you eating? Uh, you know we should probably talk about you know your nutrition and, and different ways to to eat healthier and blah blah blah." So so I started laughing, and the doctor looked at me, and I, and I said, "What would you recommend, Doc?" I said, "What what do you do?" Oh well, well I started this new uh, ketogenic diet. I said, "Oh yeah." How's that working out for you? And and she was just like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's really good. I go, so so what do you eat? And she's going through like this laundry list, and it's kind of like Rich Piana talking about that he's on you know his keto diet, but he's eating fucking Ben and Jerry's and shit <laughs> and pizza. And literally, I'm sitting there looking at her like, you are an idiot. Like you are everything that's wrong yep. in in the health and and medical field. Yeah. Like you are the problem that people can't get help because they're listening to people who are uneducated and literally all you do is just write prescriptions anymore you check yeah. their blood pressure you check their vitals you know okay uh i can give you a script for that that's all you do it's it's you know quantity over quality how many people can i get in the door so i can get more money it's not a let's sit down and figure this shit out What's the root of the problem? You know, why why do you keep getting sick? Why do you have this illness? Why do you have that disease? Let's figure this out and fix it. Not a, oh, you know, let's, we're just going to give you a prescription for that and send you on your merry way. Like, I, literally, if, if I go to the doctor anymore for myself, it's because I think I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, let's be clear. People who are fat, uh, the, let me put it this way. Fat people who know a lot about nutrition, truly know a lot about nutrition, are super, super, super rare. Don't let a fat person convince you they know a lot about nutrition because it's kind of like saying a poor person knows a lot about business and making money. Really? Because if you know that much about nutrition, even if you have problems with food and you love to eat and stuff you would still be able to not be fat for fuck's sake you know what i mean like you could if you know all this about nutrition you would be able to at least do something to not be fat 
I don't mean be lean or have abs or whatever, but if you're like obese, you don't, there's no way you know a lot about nutrition and you're obese. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, how could you, obesity is something that is, is so easily fixed when you know about nutrition. You know what I mean? Like most obese people could eat, could cut out carbs and eat an unlimited amount of protein and fat and lose weight because they're so fucking fat. You know what I mean? Like a, a guy who's 300 pounds could probably eat bacon and sausage all day and lose weight if he stopped drinking a gallon of soda and eating cookies. It's not hard to lose weight if you know about nutrition because there's things, there's tricks and shit you can do. It's not. You have to be dedicated. You can have the knowledge. Yeah, but and, no, no, you don't have to. You don't. Dedication. But you don't. You don't have to be dedicated to not be obese. True. True. You know that's what I'm saying. Like you, you can't be obese. That's the same analogy. You can't be dirt poor and know all this about financial gain and business and everything. It doesn't make you. No, you don't. You obviously don't because you would. You would find a way to get out of that dirt poor state you're in. You know, it's like. I don't believe that anyone who's like really overweight really knows that much about nutrition because obviously they've tried to lose weight and they don't know enough about nutrition to make it work. They, they, they are, they start eating salads and shit and then counting calories and, and doing stupid nonsense and they just get fatter and fatter and fatter because they get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, <laughs> when I was in college, I had a, a nutrition professor and and I, she was a big girl. Uh, I mean, she was probably at least two twenty, two thirty. Um, and and literally, she walked in the first day, and and people kind of looked at each other like this is a joke, right? So she she walked up and she made fun of herself. She's like, yeah, I, I know it's going to be difficult to to listen to me, you know, me preaching about nutrition and and teaching you when you know I myself am, am overweight. And everyone's like, yeah. And she goes into stories about, uh, you know, if, if you're listening, you might not have these, you know, where you live, but we have, it's a, a fast food chain called Arby's and they have Arby's roast beef sandwiches and they used to have them five for $5. And she said that she would roll up to Arby's and she would get <laughs> 10 of them and she would eat five of them herself at one sitting. And like literally the whole class yeah, is girl. just silent. Like what? Like, huh? Like, why are we taking advice? Obviously, we can read the textbook ourselves, but why are you here? Like, what yeah. what are you, what purpose are you serving trying to teach us about nutrition when you're talking about you're eating five Arby's roast beef sandwiches in one sitting? She's going to tell you a bunch of nutritional lies that were established in 1961 that are 100% untrue. That's what she's going to do. Like, every nutrition class I ever took in college... 60% of it was incorrect information or completely arbitrary information. You know, it's kind of hard to imagine a place without Arby's though. The way you said that, I was like, I thought you were going to say something a little more obscure. There's places in America I, without Arby's. That's, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I would assume it's kind of like McDonald's where it's everywhere, yeah. but I guess I shouldn't you just see it so much. Assume that you see it so much around where we live that you just think it was, it was everywhere, but maybe not. Maybe they don't have them in like California or whatever. That's kind of like, uh, I don't know, and this might be everywhere too. I mean, like there's not really many Popeyes around us or Bojangles or, or stuff like that. Nope. Um, but then, you know, the people talk about 
other fast food chains that I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And they're like, what? They're all over. I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely area uh, dependent. But uh, we're definitely over time now. We got we got rolling on that on that last topic. We'll end it with the Arby's and fast food discussion. That's pretty that's appropriate for the for today's today's no, uh, discussion. Uh, from a bodybuilding standpoint, I would I would consider today kind of the calm before the storm because the next two we're going to really dwell into the Olympia, maybe uh, get a guest on or something, yeah, and, yeah. and really uh, dwell into the the Mister Olympia because I'm telling you. I haven't been this. Ex- I've said it a hundred times. I haven't been this excited for Olympia since '09. It's like the only Olympia where I find myself at work and thinking about. Oh, I wonder if yeah, Dexter and Sean, you know, like that sort of thing. And I literally haven't had those type of thoughts um, in a long time, probably since '09. Uh, so and maybe '13. '13 was pretty exciting too with Rami, Rami's first year, Jay Calder's comeback, and so on. But and uh, and the Phil Kai battle in '12 coming off of that. But it's going to be great, so we're definitely going to have some big Olympia shows. Definitely visit IronMagLabs.com and support the show. The show is obviously brought to you by IronMagLabs.com. Visit IronMagazine.com. Uh, it's been a little while since I've had an article out there, but I've just finished one today. Been super busy, so I'm going to I'm gonna get back on the groove again, start writing more articles. And uh, Matt's writing like a crazy man as usual. <laughs> and... Um, also, don't forget to visit Iron Mag Research, the best research chemicals, SARMs, and peptides on the market. Um, e- either Iron Mag Research or Iron Mag Labs. You can use coupon code Jeff15, G-E-O-F-F-1-5, for 15% off your purchase at checkout. And um, just keep listening. Share the show if you like it. Tell your bodybuilding friends. And uh, what do you got, Matt? Nothing. Just a final thought from me is, uh, you know, with with the the article in the newspaper and stuff, I've been asked a bunch of questions about, um, you know, my advice for other people. So if if you're listening and you have a passion for something, go go out and do it. There's never a, a you know best time to start something new or start a business or or change your life. You you literally just have to grab it by the balls and do it. I mean, if you have a passion for something, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it or you shouldn't do it or you should reconsider. Uh, you know, obviously have a plan, stick to the plan, do as much research as you can, and you know, be prepared. Go out and do it. Don't let anybody stop you. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I I'm, I'm Jeff Roberts, and I approve that message. <laughs> and with that, I thought that'd be appropriate for this uh, election time we're in. <laughs> With that, I am Jeff Roberts once again for my co-host, Matt Wyke. This is Central Bodybuilding, episode 58, brought to you by Iron Mag Labs, Iron Mag Research, ironmagazine.com. Check it all out, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>